up? Day 44, Deuteronomy 17 through 20. Man, this is one of my favorite like sections of Deuteronomy. Um, it's super like rich. Uh, it's very much pulled on later on throughout biblical history in right. the New Testament and later in the Old Testament. And so we'll yeah we'll jump right in. So last time we left off with talking about the Sabbath and the festivals, yeah. and sixteen even ended with a talk about justice, right? Mm-hmm. So again, we have to remember that Deuteronomy seventeen through twenty um, is a continuing of where we've been in terms of the covenant stipulation. So God is going to be specific, very very specific right. about what He wants His people to do when they come into the land, and so. Remember, now in the stipulations, uh, much of this part of the book is an exposition of the Ten Commandments, right? And so the fifth commandment was to honor thy mother and thy father, but the heart of that command and the principle that God is trying to drive home is authority, yeah. right? Like, mm. like God puts authority in place, and we are to honor that in authority, and when we honor that authority, we honor God. Right, right. got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so here, right, in 17, he starts to talk about, you know, the kings, right? And um, one of the things that uh, is cool about the, the Bible is how, um, you know, you can look backward and forward and get the theme that you're trying to get to. So right. here, you know, he talks about how a king should be chosen by God. He is from, to be from among the brothers. Uh, he must not acquire horses, try to take folks back to Egypt. He shouldn't have many wives. Solomon, going wild out and break that, right? <laughs> right. So it's just like all of these things, like God is saying, this is the kind of king, this is the kind of king. And what he says too is like, don't be like the other nations and appoint kings. We don't do things like the world does. Right, things, right, 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 right. It's the king that I choose for you. Right. Right? Yeah. That I want you guys to have. And um, you guys need to listen to me because I, one, I, this is also me fulfilling my promise in Genesis 17 when I told Abraham, yo, kings will descend from your line, right? Right. There's going to be a royal rule here, right? right? And it ultimately comes in Jesus. Mm. But at the end of the day, I need you to, uh, I need you guys to listen to me and the king that I will appoint. And another thing I would like to say about 17 uh-huh. is that it seems like God is, can be like, um, in the Old Testament, people try to make it seem like God is just this gory, uh, short fuse yeah, kind of tyrant. God. Yeah. Tyrant, yeah. Right. But one of the things he says when he talks about in 17 about the judicial procedure for idolatry, the judges who were supposed to come right. to, he says, um, after he gives the consequences, he says, then all the people will hear about it, be afraid, and no longer behave arrogantly. So if someone goes away in idolatry, and God says, no, you're supposed to get them, they're supposed to die. This type of capital like punishment. Right. Um, God says this, but the thing he wants us to see is that individual instructions and cases have communal implications. Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it's so it's not just that one person went off and did something. It's no, no, no. This is threatening the community. This is why he will say you will pur- you must purge the evil from among you. Right, right, right. But, because at the end of the day, yeah. Individuals have this thing called influence, right? Yeah, that's and so what good. that means is like, yeah, you don't you don't obey God in a vacuum, right? Somebody's always watching. Yes, you don't oh. sin against God in a vacuum. Somebody is always watching, and what you do mm. affects what other people do. I had a mentor. Uh, we worked at the sports camp, and what he used to tell us is this, John. Uh, what you do in moderation, your kids in your mm. cabin will do in excess. That's good. So their main thing was, nah, nah, nah. You've really got to be on your P's and Q's because at the end of the day, 
these people that you have influence over aren't just going to do what you did. They're going to do much more than what you did. And God's saying, nah, we've really got to cut this thing off uh, Mm -hmm. at the base. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And so God gives um, instructions for authority about judges, about uh, kings. And then 18, he talks about like prophets. And this is one of my favorite chapters in the book because so much of the Bible flows out of this chapter. Right. Um, And so he talks about, you know, how you can know a real prophet and a false prophet. Now, one of the things I always say, bro, is God is not going to prescribe... Uh, uh, give a prescription where there's never an illness. Right? Uh, mm, so yeah, that's good. again, bro, every book in the New Testament talks about false teachers. Right. All over the Old Testament, he talks about false prophets. We have to be discerning people. <laughs> right, right, right. right. We, we can't just sit and think that God is just talking. No, there's false prophets out here that want right. to lead us astray. Yeah. So we have to know that, right? Yeah. Um, and so he says in 1810, no one among you is to sacrifice his son or daughter in the fire. Right? Practice divination, tell fortunes, interpret omens, practice sorcery, cast spells, consult a medium or a spiritist, or inquire of the dead. Everyone who does these acts is detestable to the Lord, and the Lord your God is driving out the nations before you because of these detestable acts. What do we learn here? Well, one, this is the reason, one of the reasons, like God has been specific about why he's driving out the Canaanites. Yeah. So I want you guys to remember this, Leviticus 18 and Deuteronomy 18. That's how I always remember it. Right. Those two passages tell you exactly what the Canaanites was on. Right. 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 So first, they were practicing child sacrifice. Literally, they were taking little kids, mm. putting them in the fire and sacrificing to the sacrificing them to this ancient Near Eastern god named Moloch. Right. M-O-L-E-C-H. Moloch. And then they were practicing all these types of uh means of gaining revelation outside right. of Yahweh. Mm. And so God is telling you, like, no. The the prophet that is the prophets in Israel's history are not to participate in these types of things. Right. 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 Their revelation comes from me. I give it to them and they speak to the people of God. Right. 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 Amen. Yeah. And so it and then after that, like he goes in and he gives the prophecy of um Jesus, right? And we see it come up in Acts 3. He says, I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brothers, I will put my words. He's contrasting the last passage. I'll put my yeah. words in their mouth and he will tell them everything I command him, right? That's not good. from yeah. necromancy and all these other things, right? I will hold uh, accountable whoever does not listen to my words that he speaks in my name. And so every prophet is birthed out of this passage, right? right? Yeah. And then it ultimately culminates in Jesus in Christ. Our, in Christ, yeah, our ultimate authority. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, John, yeah, John 6, you're going to see the same thing, right? After Jesus, right, does this. After Jesus one-ups Moses, Moses prayed, yep. bread came down from the sky. Jesus prayed and took five loaves of bread and fed 5,000. And before mm-hmm. he's getting ready to go walk across the sea, people are going to say in John 6, yo, is this the prophet that is coming to the world? So people already have speculation that Jesus is the fulfillment of this. We know in hindsight that he yeah. is, but just so that y'all see this thread right. yeah, throughout the rest of the Bible. Um, yeah. yeah. One of the last things really quick, I know, man, we getting into it, but like one of the last things I want to say is God said too specifically at the end of 18, like, man, if somebody makes a prophecy and it don't come true, that's how you know, brothers. <laughs> brothers chatting, right? right? All right, 19, really quick, very important. We got to hit on it. Human dignity, right? Yeah. So the next command mm. is do not kill, right? That's the... Right. Uh, sixth command and the the premise behind do not kill is that human life is sacred right, right. humans have dignity right? right and worth and value based out of genesis one 
And so what God is saying here, no, 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 life for life. That's the whole concept of life for life. It's not right. just that somebody do something to me, I'd do it back. No, no, no. no. Like right. God is saying that I value human life so much right. that the the uh crime is the consequence is gonna fit the crime here. Right. Right. Yeah. Right? God God doesn't play about image bearers in general. Mm. And and for us, especially in this time, human dignity is what we should be championing for because Absolutely. we serve a God who does, right? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Man, that's so good. Yeah. yeah. So much here. Uh, Deuteronomy 19, just there. Uh, you not only see God championing the dignity, but you see God being so careful with yeah. his justice and discerning with it as well too, right? So God's going to um, not just throw all killing into one uh, plate. He's going to say, yo, there's an accidental killing that'll take place. And in that case, the person who had their loved one killed could be so impassioned that they want to seek revenge. And so God's going to go to great lengths to take care of the person that did the accidental killing, as well as the person that's so impassioned that he would be willing to do something that he would regret. And and you see God just being so, so careful in the way that he meets out um, justice, right? Justice is never clean. It's always messy, but it must be careful. And we serve a God who is careful and thoughtful um, in all of that. Deuteronomy 20, we come back once again to just um, a prevailing theme throughout all of scripture. Here's where courage and confidence comes from, uh, that God is with us, that God's presence is with us. So God's going to say, look around, people are big and strong. Look around, your world is collapsing. Look Mm -hmm. around, the virus is still here. Look around. Your finances right. aren't what they are. Look around. Things are bad. But uh, look around just so long as you never forget to look above. And God yeah. said, even in the midst of all of this, I'm with you. I'm with you. And the same God that brought up that in Deuteronomy 20 yeah. um, is the same God that says that to you and I today. God tells us to honor earthly authority uh, because it's just meant to be a reflection of him, right? Um, and so we find ourselves, when we find ourselves just pressed in on all sides by the trouble that surrounds us, we can be reminded that we have a God above us who's in control, absolutely, Amen. right? We don't have to just submit to him, but all creation submits to him. And he's on our side working for your good. Let that be your guiding thought as you go through the rest of the day. Praise God.